Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. So I, I love the concept of second life success, and it doesn't matter how old you are. If you've got a passion, reevaluate what you're doing. Make sure what you're doing is doing what you wanted to do and in a way you want to do it. And if not, jump out there, make that change and get beyond the rut. Hey, Rudder Nation, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, we're going to be joined by entrepreneur, podcaster, and coach, Larry Roberts. Now, Larry and I live in the DFW area. We've met through multiple podcasting conferences, and we finally got a chance to sit down and talk about the idea of a second life career or second life business. So what if you're really good at what you do, but it's not what you really feel led or called to do with the rest of your life? Well, is it time for a change? Maybe so. That's what we're talking about here in this episode. So sit back and relax, crack open a cold one if you're not at the office right now, or you are and you drink on the job. Actually, that, if that's the case, you probably need some help. Um, anyway, that's not important. What is important? Larry and I talking about second life careers or businesses. Here we go. All right. Hey, Larry, it's good of you to join me. And, uh, you know, we could have done this in person, but I'm looking at like your backdrop. I'm looking at my backdrop and we would, we would have lost something if we'd met up in person somewhere. Uh, but anyway, all that to say, thank you for joining me here, uh, on Beyond the Rut. How are you doing? Doing great, man. I'm glad we finally got this opportunity to get together because we did. We tried multiple times. Yeah. I want to say, was it at two conferences? I mean, I think it was a PodFest and Podcast Movement. We were trying to get some time aside, weren't we? Well, I never made it to PodFest. Okay, so maybe (laughs) I'm thinking somebody else. No, uh, (laughs) but I was hounding you at Podcast Movement. Uh, But, I mean, that is a moving target. And I love recording at podcasts. uh, Well, I just love recording at conferences. I love I love the background noise and yeah. you know, talking about the event and feeding off of that energy. Uh, but then it is a moving target because, you know, one moment you are expected to take a break at a certain time. Uh, but then you run into some, like you might run into somebody that you won't see maybe next time or the next day or the next hour. And so you got to just jump on that opportunity to have that conversation. Or you realize, wait, I didn't realize this guy was talking in this session. Let me go there. Yeah. And uh, so I've learned that, yeah, I get some good conversations captured at podcast conferences like podcast movement. Uh, but it is a moving target because even me, like I'm sitting here thinking, gosh, I kind of hope this person bails so I can go to the session that I'm missing right now or uh, or like somebody completely different shows up. And I have just a random conversation with somebody who's picking my brain about equipment. And I, I just love that. But uh, yeah, uh, we're here. We we were like, like, you know, we live in the same town. We got recording schedules. Let's just set something up. And, and here we are. So I'm excited. Whew. Yeah, man. Very excited to be here. Thank you once <laughs> again for having me, man. This is awesome. Yeah, I know you left your corporate job and you have a, a company called Readily Random Media. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did good. Did I really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you drug it out. You drug the R a little bit. I had to. Readily, readily. <laughs> yeah. Because what did I say before, before the show was randomly ready media? And I was like. Something like that. Yeah. 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 You're like, well, Which it's makes as random. much sense in all honesty. <laughs> Uh, so you have readily random media. You've got a podcast called you're the boss. Um, and you help people 
really get unstuck out of their ruts, find out where they are in life and go do the thing that they want to do, or at least voice that message they've got inside themselves. Yeah. Uh, so I guess for me to land my plane here and get to the first question of our conversation, tell us why the name you're the boss. You know, it's not like the show who's the boss from when we were growing up, but you're the boss. Tell us about that. Interesting. Cause this is a question I did not anticipate. I didn't either but... until just now. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Okay. <laughs> Nice little impromptu conversation. Right? Uh, no, you're the boss, man, because it's simple. It's it's a it's an entrepreneur podcast. It's stories of entrepreneurs, how they got into the entrepreneurial journey, uh, mistakes they've made along the way, successes they've had along the way, and hopefully they provide some insight for you as a listener to uh, avoid those mistakes yourself. You know, and and a lot of it too was I left my I divorced my W two. January 4th of last year after being with that company, 21 years. I was there 21 years, same company. And they were an amazing company. I mean, they took care of me through thick and thin, nothing but the best for that company, for me to say uh, about that company. But I also found myself in a rut. You know, I'd been in their IT department for probably 19, 19 and a half out of those 21 years. Uh, At the end of my tenure there, I was a business intelligence analyst which is a very fancy way of saying I wrote reports. I yeah. looked at numbers all day. I looked at data all day. I transformed data all day. And man, it just was not what I ever foresaw me doing uh, with my life. You know, just this year I turned 50. So I was 48 when I left that job. And here I am at 48 going, what am I going to do with myself? I can't imagine doing this for another 20 years, but there's got to be more to this life than sitting here staring at these databases and these files and these fields and these numbers. And it's just insanity. I cannot do it anymore. And I had been podcasting. I started podcasting back in 2014. I started Readily Random Media in 2017. And although it probably wasn't, in all honesty, positioned where it needed to be positioned for me to make that jump, Mm -hmm. but I made quite a few sacrifices and quite a few changes leading up to me making that jump. I mean, today, my wife and I, we have one car. I sold my cat daddy Jeep that was was the coolest, but I sold my Jeep in an effort to, you know, clear out the budget a little bit. Uh, We paid out all of our debt, uh, minimized everything as far as everyday living expenses and really positioned ourselves in a way. And I want to say our way because my wife was there every step of the way. She's still there every step of the way, still supports me 100%. And if it wasn't for her support and her direction, never would have been able to make this happen. But I saw the opportunity, even with all the sacrifices that I had to make to get out of that rut. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. So you, you made the decision to leave and you it looks like you looked at your finances and how long you could go out without any income. Uh, how long was it from the moment you left the job until your podcast was fully supporting uh, your income? Well, and, and that's where a lot of people uh, – there's a bit, bit of a misnomer there. It's yeah. not the podcast necessarily that's supporting uh, what I do. It's the business itself. The podcast is – I like to refer to it as my ticket to the dance. You know, the podcast has allowed me to position myself as an industry expert within the podcasting space. Uh, For the last 12 months, roughly, I've been traveling across the country, speaking on podcast stages from L.A. to New Jersey and everywhere in between. And that's what's supporting my business, putting myself out there and establishing myself as someone that can help, as you alluded to earlier in the conversation, help others get their message out there, help others uh, find out what they could do, regardless of where they're at in their careers or their age. I mean, I was 48 years old 
when I stepped out. Most people, you know, 37 to 45 are like, I'm stuck. I can never get out of this. And my message is that you can. You do have to make some changes. You do have to make some commitments. And you do have to have your own ticket to the dance. And that ticket has opened up a number of doors. So in a sense, yes, the podcast was my ticket out. It was my, it's what enabled me to make that step out from the corporate conundrum that I was in. But it's not solely supporting what I'm doing. The podcast allowed me to start the business. The business is what supports me. Nice. Yeah. And that's something I come across a lot. Uh, in fact, my cousin had thought that I got paid based on downloads, kind of like YouTube yeah. or TikTok. It's like, oh, did you hit like a million downloads? Are you like, you know, an influencer now? And I'm like, no, I, I get a few hundred a, an episode every 30 days or in the first 30 days. It's like I'm I'm up there when you look at ranking, but um, yeah. it, it's not like. I don't get paid by the download. And and so that is the way a podcaster does earn it. Well, I guess it's kind of like the Wild West when it comes to how can a podcaster make a living off of being a podcaster. And uh, it, it's almost like any way you can. You know, like some people go. 100%. Yeah. Man. You know, like there are those who go like the sponsorship route, those who go the affiliate marketing route. Um, but I, I more often than not, I see a lot of folks that they, they give away information. They they give inspiration, they give some education, uh, and if you need more help or somebody to come alongside you, maybe their business serves, uh, provides a service or provides a product uh, with some consulting. Consulting? I never said it that way, but today I did. Way to stretch it out there, Jay. Yeah, right. Yeah. I've got to make this a 30-minute episode. <laughs> it's like I'm putting it fluff in a book. Uh, and, uh, and, and then public speaking is another thing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a variety of ways that a podcaster can earn an income. Uh, but I guess for you though, like, what are some of the key things uh, without you know giving away all the proprietary stuff? But you know, what are some of the key ways that you find yourself uh, building a business around something you love doing? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Honestly, it's laying that foundation, and it's putting the steps in to be recognized as someone that can actually help somebody else. So you can provide a service. You can provide the direction that somebody else needs. And I did it slowly but surely, and I definitely made a ton of mistakes along the way. Uh, one of the first things that I started doing was putting myself out there in a way because coming into that company that I was with for 21 years, I actually came in as a training manager. So I, I came in and I wrote policies and procedures for all the different uh, functions in one of their distribution centers. So I had six people underneath me that would then go and actually perform the training. So being in front of people, being in front of a group was something that always came natural to me. So when I saw the opportunity to do that in the podcasting space, I jumped on it. 
Now, trying to get on stages right out of the gate, very, very difficult. And a lot of people are always asking, how can I become a public speaker? How can I get paid to speak? And it's a long journey, but it's very similar in the podcasting space or being a podcast speaker as well. So I started seeing opportunities. Some folks put on virtual events, smaller virtual events, and I reached out, said, hey, here's what I can do. I started creating a relationship with these folks that were putting these events on, said, here's some of the topics I could talk about. Do you think I could be on one of your, your virtual events? And uh, they eventually started saying yes. Now, these virtual events, there was nothing glamorous about it, and most of them were, were uh, presented on Facebook Live. So they're, they're a smaller event. And I don't know if you've ever been on Facebook Live, but when you're doing a live uh, a live stream on Facebook, you can actually look up in the top left-hand corner of the screen there and see how many people are watching. Oh, yeah. And there were many, many times on these virtual events that I looked up in that top left-hand corner, saw the big goose egg. <laughs> so, oh, so it's you not know, just you, me. Okay, good. Yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't just <laughs> you, brother. I was right there. So, but that's something we have to do. We got to put our egos in check a lot of times, yeah. too. And we got we to gotta kind of take those bumps. So. What ended up happening, though, was even though nobody was watching these live events, it still gave me an, op gave me an opportunity to hone my craft and hone mm -hmm. my skills and hone my messaging. So as the smaller virtual events continued to go on, I started getting experience, essentially building a, resum a resume, which started opening doors for larger virtual events. And then COVID hit. And the virtual events, events got even larger. Yeah. So these stages after COVID started tapering off, started opening up opportunities for me to go on live stages and actually speak in front of a live audience. And it's just evolved and grown from there. So I started at the very, very bottom of the tree and I've slowly just been climbing my way up. Yeah. And we're talking about a two-year time span too. Uh, it's not like it took you a decade to get here. You, you started. Well, and that's, that's one of the things too. And, and you know, it, it happened a lot faster than I ever anticipated. Yeah. But at the same time, it happened that fast because I stepped away from all the other distractions. I stepped away from my nine to five job and I focused on it 100% of the time. Yeah. And, and I, I was focusing on building relationships and putting myself out there and being everywhere. I get asked that question a lot. Larry, how are you on all these stages? You're literally all over the country. I never know where you're going to pop up next. And it's because I put myself out there. And not only do I put myself out there, but I do it in a way where I can then leverage those appearances on social media. So my Facebook, it's always changing. If I have a new uh, a new speaking engagement, that's the cover image on my Facebook uh, profile picture. Uh, on Instagram, I always bill my speaking engagements there. Everywhere that I have a presence, everybody there knows that I've got this speaking gig and I got that yeah. speaking gig. So we have to not only put ourselves out there, we then also have to leverage the fact that we're out there in a way that lets others know we're doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's huge. And, and Larry's not joking either. Uh, he is everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I start following somebody on Instagram and they're like, hey, I'm at this conference and I'm meeting some great people. And uh, and sure enough, in the background are two faces that I recognize right off the bat. And one of them is wearing a red ball cap and that's Larry in the back. And the other person, Shay Sparks. And I'm like, seriously? Like Shay's everywhere too. What? That's yeah. right. Man. It's like both of you are just everywhere meeting people building relationships, adding value to people. That's the other thing. Uh, consistently, uh, that's what you hear people say about you uh, as well as Shay, is that uh, you pop in, you're connecting the people you just met with other folks that you already know, and you're you're making these connections here. Like, hey, you're, you're a veteran podcaster and you're looking for other veteran podcasters. Well, here's a group of them. 
boom. And you're like, what? Or, hey, you're looking to build a speaking in, you know, business out of what you do. Welcome to the club. That's what I do. And yeah. so it's really neat to see that happening. And, um, and, and that is uh, very key. So uh, about how many hours a day would you say you spent building relationships uh, when you first wow. left the corporate job? I mean, I, I, I'll tell you right now. That, I might be asking uh, for a friend, by the way. It, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know when I'm not, honestly. It, it's probably easier to say that I'm not putting effort into growing the business. Uh, there's a couple of TV shows that my wife and I, we don't miss. You know, that's our yeah. time together. And, and it, it's kind of funny because we have to set some time aside now to be together. But my wife, I met her at that company that I was with for 21 years. She's still there to this day. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, jumping out here, it was it was very impactful on our relationship as well. And, and we still struggle. We still got some adjusting to do on our end because we were literally together all day, every day. And now we've gone to where I'm traveling typically about a week, if not more, a month. Yeah. So we went from literally commuting to work together, going to lunch together. We worked on the same floor at the company. <laughs> I could literally stand up and look across the floor into her department and I could see her. She couldn't do that because she's only about you know, 4'11". So she couldn't quite see over the dividers, but I could because I'm 6'3". And if she hears that, she, and she probably can, to be honest with you, but <laughs> I always give her grief because she says she's over five foot and she's not. I don't tell anybody she's not. But that was a huge, huge adjustment, you know? So that time that I'm spending, man, there, there's it's just so much. You know, and every client that I have, they have access to me via cell almost 24-7. Yes, I definitely sleep, but do I work weekends? You bet I do. Am I available for an extra call if they need me to be on an extra call? If they have a tech question or something, you bet I am. So, you know, it's a seven day a week gig. Uh, I try to make opportunities happen even when I'm on the road. I mean, I was down in Austin for a gig just this past weekend. I had a meeting Friday morning. Actually, I had two meetings Friday morning, hung up from the second meeting, grabbed my suitcase, drove to Austin, flew down to Austin, got situated just in time to hop on another client call, immediately hung up with that client, got on another client call, and I was in Austin for business. So, I mean, that's just, that's, that's the commitment that you have to make yeah. if you want to make that transition, if you want to get out of the rut, because there is no, you know, I'm going to do this for four to six hours a day and make it happen because that's not going to happen. It is life. Now you go, Larry, you, you got out of that corporate rut, but now you're in this rut where you're, you're married to your phone. You're married to your business. And you're right. I am right now. Do I see that as the long-term call? No, not at all. Do I see me traveling as much as I'm traveling now next year? Maybe next year, I'm going to say probably yes for one more year. But after that, I don't see it happening nearly as much. I see myself being much more selective. I see myself being positioned more so that I don't have to necessarily be out there as much as I am now because I'm already seeing a major transition with my business. I mean, last year when I left, it was long about August and we were looking at the bank account. My wife said, Larry, we need to have a chat. And she said it in a way that I knew it wasn't going to be a fun chat. <laughs> so we, we started looking at the numbers and I realized, man, you know, this plan that I have, it's not working. It's not even remotely working. It's not working a little bit. This is not going to be sustainable. Wow. So uh, what do I need to do to make this happen? I mean, and I, I tell people this, so I'll share it with you as well. Last year, my business, I brought in $20,000 for the year. 
Wow. <laughs> for the year. Yeah. I haven't made $20,000 in a year since I was about 16. You know, it's just, it's that, that's no money. And people think that it's just so glamorous because they see me everywhere and he must be crushing it. And this year is a drastically different story. I mean, I did extremely well this year, much better than I ever anticipated. Completely blew my corporate salary out of the water this year. But last year in August, I had to have that little come to Jesus talk and realize that, hey, this little pipe dream that I had of doing it this way, this isn't going to work. So what are we going to do to make the changes necessary to move forward to make it work? And that's the humility that I had to have and face the fact that what I thought was going to happen wasn't happening and then make the necessary changes to push it forward. Yeah. And I, I think if you look at my social media, that's when you'll see things really started blowing up as far as me getting out there and me being everywhere. It was that realization that guess what? This isn't just a career. This is a life. This is a lifestyle. And this is what you have to do to make it work. And lo and behold, when I made those changes and I made those realizations and a good friend of mine, Alex Sanfilippo, helped rebrand O'Lair with the red hat that you now see me wearing everywhere that you've alluded to spotting even in the background in pictures. That's made all the difference in the world. So those are the types of things that we have to be aware of. We have to be cognizant of as we try to grow our businesses, as we try to grow our podcasts, and as we try to make those transitions from average everyday podcaster, hobbyist type podcaster, to wanting to do it as a career. So bunch of changes there, bunch of, uh, of realizations along the way, and a bunch of mistakes too. And I continue to make them. I'm not saying I've got this thing nailed down in any way, shape, fashion, or form. I, I, although I, I did really well financially this year, it's not what I wanted to do. I didn't reach my goal. So I still got a lot of changes yeah. and a lot of growth uh, to go through. Wow. And the key thing is, though, you recognized uh, and you, you talked like you've gone through this whole journey with your wife. Like it hasn't been a, a moment where you're like, I've got this. I'm I'm doing this. And, and you're either with me or not. Yeah, uh, it, it, it truly has been a team effort from the very start. And it sounds like she actually approached you and said, all right, we got to have a business meeting in a sense. And, and or she called it a chat for you. Uh, my <laughs> wife called it a business meeting just a few weeks ago. Uh, and it, it truly was like we had my daughter come in and mediate. She's a business student uh, at a university and uh, she led that meeting. I was I was side note, really impressed. My daughter led a business meeting. I don't know where she found the time to type up an agenda, but she had one. <laughs> like, oh, wow. It, it, I mean, she didn't hand out copies or anything, but she just had uh, a flow she was going to go through. And and we we mapped out what is Jerry's plan over the next three months when you take this sabbatical. Uh, and we ironed out, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to explore business opportunities and options I have in front of me. Uh, and uh, for, the, for the backup plan, because you know we do have certain income needs, I'll, I'll search for a job. Uh, but it's not just a nine to five. I'm open to, you know, contract work and, sure. uh, you know, some freelance type of stuff as well. So it's not like I'm bound that I have to do a nine to five plug back into the matrix kind of thing. So it's really cool. Uh, and so th- those are sort of key things there. And it sounds like you were able to make a pivot. Like you didn't just like say, okay, well, I just need to chug along for six more months. You recognized something was not working. And you made an adjustment, you took action, you put it in a high gear. Uh, and then on top of that, you've got an end game in mind, you know, and everybody's yeah. end game is different, I, I assume. And, uh, but you got to have some kind of end game. Like, are you really going to just be married to your phone all day, every day uh, for the rest of your life? And, you know, for you, the answer is no. Why am I doing this if that's the case? Uh, and so you've got some end goal items in mind. Um yeah, just it's kind of interesting because you, you say you say no, and and I want to say no too. 
But at the same time, man, I just, I love it. I love yeah. the hustle. I love being overwhelmed by text. I mean, I've had three or four come in while we're on the call right now. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to answer. Cause I just, I just jones out, but it's, I just, I love it. So, yeah. you know, I didn't love being a business intelligence analyst. I didn't love that at all. I hated it. I loathed it. I dreaded it. My Sundays were ruined at about 10 a.m. After breakfast, I'd be like, oh, gosh, <laughs> going to the office tomorrow. And now I'm kicking rocks for the rest of Sunday. And yeah. it, it was just it just was not a pleasant experience. But this is pleasant for me. And whether I'm doing work at 11 p.m. or I'm doing work on a Sunday at, at, at I don't know, 11 o'clock in the morning, it doesn't matter because I'm doing stuff that excites me and that I get pleasure out of. I don't necessarily have a lot of hobbies. Uh, never really did uh, even before, you know, so now I get to do my hobby. I get to do what I love. I, I get to create content. I get to go on podcasts like yours. I get to once again, do my podcast that I, I went on hi hiatus with that back in April. So I'm just now bringing it back. Uh, but it's just, there's so much stuff going on. And personally, I love that. So I want that excitement. I want that engagement. I want that constantly answering emails and answering text messages and, and getting on phone calls and troubleshooting this. Those types of things are fun to me. It, it's it's a hobby. And yeah. that's the difference. You know, I can't imagine doing business intelligence all day, every day or, you know, working on a, <laughs> a new database <laughs> structure or mapping out a new report structure on a on a Thursday night at 11 p.m. I can't see that. But I can see me sitting at my other desk, my development office over there, and having a podcast maybe going in the background, because that's typically when I listen to my podcast, is when I'm doing actual work. And I'm enjoying a podcast. I'm enjoying whatever it is that I'm working on over here. So it's all fun, and it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. I think that's a, a big key thing there is you're doing something you're passionate about as opposed to something you've got to do to because you're good at it and it pays the bills. Like there, there's yeah. a huge difference, right? Like the, yeah, I was like, man, what's my question? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off, but I no, thought no. We, uh, we had a little, we had a little silence there. So I thought, oh, I'm going to say it now. I'm going to jump in. But I mean, there's a huge difference. So like there are things I am good at that I don't love doing. And yeah. there are things that I love doing and I just don't because you know, I haven't figured out a way to earn a paycheck with it yet. Um, and so how do we dis determine the difference between the two? Because a lot of folks might just leave their corporate job and just own the thing they already hate doing. So maybe there is somebody out there who is good at doing business analyst type of data crunching and uh, playing with BI type of software and leaves the job they hate and dives right into opening a business that does the same exact thing. And they're still miserable. And and I think that might be a situation where they, they saw something they were good at and just left and did the same thing that they're good at, but they hated doing after all. So how do we find out what we really do enjoy? And then how do we start to decide or determine how do we make a business out of that? You know, I think it's inherently obvious to us what we love. I mean, everybody, if you ask somebody, hey, what's your favorite thing to do? They can typically give you an answer. Some, might, some may hesitate a little bit, but most of the time we know what we love. We know what brings us joy. Now, taking whatever that may be, because those things vary uh, greatly from person to person, and some of them are more monetizable than others. But we have to start looking at it from a perspective of how would I pay for this or why would I pay for this or what would someone be able to provide to me as a service or a product that would enhance this experience that I would be willing to pay for? You know, it's like with the podcast space. I got into podcasting in 2014. 
I loved what I was doing. Didn't know what the heck I was doing, but my show, I, it, it got to be pretty good size. It got to be big actually. And it was a comedy podcast and I was getting thousands of downloads per episode. The content wasn't necessarily fulfilling and uh, some of it, well, it was a very blue show and anybody that understands comedy, the term uh, Performing blue. There we go. I got I got I got tongue tied. Uh, performing <laughs> blue means that there's profanity and some, you know, not uh, it's not family entertainment. We'll put it that way. Yeah. So that's how that podcast was. And although it was getting the downloads and we were having a blast doing it still in corporate America and the show got a little too big. People at the office started kind of wearing my merch. People oh. at the office, yeah, we're making a big deal out of it. And uh, it, it wasn't as well received as it once was. And it started getting some attention by some of the upper levels of management. Wow. And they heard it. And, well, we had to have a chat. Yeah. And and they, they, didn't, they didn't care for it. So I ended up killing that show. Wow. But before I killed it, we took it to a live stage show here in Dallas. And to this day, after we killed the podcast, the show evolved into an open mic for comedians. And to this day, every Monday night, it's still the largest comic open mic outside of a comedy club in DFW. So we did some great things with that show and we had a blast with it and I had a ton of fun and, you know, old school comedy. That was just my jam. It's always been my escape. It's been what put a smile on my face back in the day. So killing that show, I'm like, man, I still love this podcasting, but what can I podcast about now that isn't going to be offensive? Is it going to get me in trouble? Because I mean, I thought podcasting, you could say what you want to say and not get in trouble. <laughs> and the, the, the fact of the matter is, yeah, you can say whatever you want to say on a podcast, but that doesn't necessarily take away the consequences of some of those things that you say. So I had to figure out what I was going to do. And I knew I still wanted a podcast. So I started an entrepreneur show called Readily Random. Now, that's a testament to the fact that I had no idea what the podcast space was or how it worked because that's the absolute worst name you could possibly name a podcast is readily random because yeah. the first thing you want to do with a podcast is you want to put it in a niche. You want to have a focus. You want people to know just by the name what that podcast is about and readily random doesn't necessarily convey that message in the slightest. Yeah. So, Not exactly a phrase so, people Google on a regular basis either. No, no <laughs> uh, what, uh, I'm looking for something readily random and honestly, it, it goes all the way back to the MySpace days. I had a blog back then called Readily Random. Yeah. And I just wanted a podcast and I couldn't think of a name, didn't know the industry, didn't know that I should take some uh, additional branding steps in there to figure out where we should go. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to name it that and uh, went with that. And then I just doubled down on the terrible name and started my business uh, under the same name. But <laughs> As you're talking to the guy whose show is called Beyond the Rut, like who's, who searches yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, well, it, but at the same time, it tells you what it is. I mean, I yeah. instantly think that we're stuck in a rut and we want to yeah. get out. How do I get out of the rut? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and not just get out of it, of, live beyond it. So that's, exactly. Okay. That's I feel better. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Uh, but you would ask me, you know, how do we, how do we know what we love? And even though I had to kill the comedy podcast, I knew I loved podcasting and I knew I still wanted to be a part of it. And yeah, readily random struggled. And honestly, when it first started, it really wasn't an entrepreneurial show. It was really a random show. I had uh, people from that had started in the show Ozark on Netflix. He came on the show. One of those guys came on the show. Not Jason Bateman, of course, but one of the <sighs> one of the one of the, <laughs> one of the B level members. But he was still cool. You know, he had yeah. a recurring role, so that was fun. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Olair here loves origami. So I reached out to the premier origami artist in America, and he's an MIT mathematics professor, and I had him wow. on the show. And it was cool for me. No one else cared, but it was cool for me. You know, I think 25 people maybe downloaded that episode, and I think 20 
four of those were bots and the other one was me. But but who you know, I was having a good time. I was having a good time podcasting. And, you know, I quickly learned because of the, the, the success I'd had with the first show and the failure that I had with Readily Random. I started looking at why was I not getting the same attention with this show as I did with the other show. Well, and the other show, you know, you're just you're kind of picking at low hanging fruit. People didn't like jokes, so yeah. it, it worked out. But I had to really dig and start learning the industry and realizing, oh, okay, so if you take this step, this step, this step, you can start a show, you can have a show, and it can actually grow. Okay, this is the recipe for success in podcasting. I just kind of stumbled into low-level success with my first show, clearly by accident. So I started seeing that there was a pattern to this, and I knew I loved it. I started seeing a way for me to help others do the exact same thing help others launch their shows. And that's what Readily Random Media ended up becoming. And that's what we do today. And my big pivot last year, though, also was that in August, up until August, I was working with independent creators. I was working with clients that I found on on uh, Clubhouse and, and in podcast conferences. And while they're phenomenal to work with and they're inspiring individuals, they don't necessarily have a budget as an independent podcaster to sustain a business. So I had to come to the realization, I still want to be in podcasting. I still want to help people, but I had to make that shift. And what I ended up doing was I shifted my attention to brands, businesses, and organizations. So I started working with companies that have a marketing budget, nice. that have a direction for the podcast, that have a goal in mind for the podcast, that understand the power of a branded podcast. So learning that through a process of elimination and a lot of mistakes along the way, that was the realization that I had back in August. That was the change. So when I started addressing brands, businesses, and organizations, I started to develop as a business as well. So I knew I loved it from the start, but I had to go through several iterations and made a ton of mistakes over the last, what is it, eight years to try to figure this game out. So is there a direct answer on to how you can monetize your passion? I don't have that right off the top of my head, but a similar process could be put in place. And I think it all starts with going, what would I do as an individual that what would I pay for that someone yeah. could do for me to provide the same level of enjoyment with what it is that drives me that is my passion? Yeah. I mean, that right. Yeah. Because there are people out there that are thinking and acting and and maybe even saying out loud, Larry, I or even Jerry, or you listening in the back of the car that you're in right now on the way to work in the carpool. Uh, do people still carpool? Anyway, that's not important. Uh, <laughs> we still have a carpool. We have an HOV lane in Dallas. So right, yeah. Post the carpool. I don't know if they still do. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's somebody out there, though, who wants to hand you money and say, I would give you this money if you could provide blank for me. Yeah. Based on your skills, I I know you could do it. I trust you could do it right. Uh, I just need somebody somewhere in the world to do it, and I think you're the guy to do it. And, and so I think the trick for us also is to to find out what is that? Yeah. <laughs> how do you know that that person is out there and they want to give you money for a specific good or service or product? And it, it is something that you could easily do or even with effort do and, and make it highly profitable. Um, so that that I'm saying that out loud, mostly for myself, because that is where I am right now. <laughs> and, uh, awesome. So now when people want to reach out to you, uh, so I know that you've got uh, meetlarryroberts.com as your website, yes. and then that's where it tells everything about you. And, and uh, I recognized the 
the, the graphics you have on there currently. So if you're listening to this years down the road, uh, past the year 2022, it may be different graphics because it will probably be at a different conference. But it was at the podcast movement here in Dallas, I think. It, it looked very familiar. I recognize the banner in the background. Uh, it was on the landing page. That was from PM in L.A. Ah, this year. That was yeah. earlier in the year, though, the one I missed. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's so close. But I recognize the banner. <laughs> uh, hey, man, it's all good. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, that makes more sense because I was sitting there like when I saw that just earlier uh, before we got on the call here, I was like, I don't remember there being a photographer in the front row. Oh, huh. there wasn't. I recorded that footage myself. Yeah. So there there we go. Uh, yeah, and that's the trick of the trade, brother. And this is for anybody listening. Take the opportunity to record yourself whenever you can. Create that content. You know, content yes. is so king right now. We're sitting here creating a podcast, which is content right now, but you can't rely on others to do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm giving a speech next Tuesday to the Success North Dallas Young Executives. That's another trick of the trade there. I got involved heavily in the Dallas community, and that's been amazing. But I hired a videographer to come out and film the talk because I, I want people to realize that I'm out there. I want to repurpose that content. So, Take advantage of every opportunity you can to create that content yourself. And that's exactly where that banner came from. That was my cell phone. Stuck it on a tripod, put it on a chair in the audience, turned it on, went up there, did my thing, came out. I've got my own content. So that, that's that's something anybody and everybody can do and definitely should do. And that's a powerful nugget there because whether you go into business for yourself or you're talking about a career in corporate America, uh, no one's going to care about your career more than you. And yeah. you've got to take it by the reins. Where do I want to be 10 years from now? What kind of skills do I need to have? What kind of projects should I be on to hone those skills? What kind of behavioral competencies should I really start developing? Uh, you know, what does the end of my career look like as opposed to having somebody else dictate it to me? And, and just taking a little bit more control of where you go, how you get there, and partnering with your employer as opposed to just being told what to do by your employer. I, I think that's a, a big shift that we've made in the United States over the past decade or two is that, uh, like, I had a team of people who reported to me. And I hated it when they said they, they work for me. And yeah. it's, no, 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 you work with me. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, Texas is an at-will state. At any time, you can quit. And I don't want you to. <laughs> yep. And, yep. Uh, and so this is a daily agreement. You, you came into work. Great. You're here. Uh, here's what I need. Um, are you up for it? And uh, and it, it goes two ways. Like if they're like, oh, take this and shove it. It's like, oh, well, I can't work with that. I need somebody who's willing to do this. Um, and, and so there's that as well. It's like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It's so funny because one of the managers, one of my last managers that I had before I stepped out of the rut that I was in, uh, we acquired a new company. And with that company contractually, there came some management with them. And I was lucky enough to get one of these new managers. And there was some sarcasm laced on that lucky. And <laughs> he made sure that within, I was like the first week that he was there. He made sure that we all understood that he was the manager and we were his subordinates. Oh, geez. And we had to have a private conversation because old Larry here, he doesn't take to the word subordinate too well. So we had to have a little closed door and maybe I overstepped my bounds a little bit, but that's just not the mentality that I'm going to work around. I'm nobody's subordinate. Yeah. You know, I respect your position as a manager. I know you make the calls and I respect that. I respect the title that you have, but I don't necessarily respect you. And for you to look at me and tell me that I'm your subordinate, not going to fly, brother. So exactly. I love the fact that you made sure that your employees or those that worked with you, your teammates, understood they worked with you and not for you. And I think that's so critical in establishing strong, long-lasting relationships in a corporate environment. Yeah. You know, it's like like the title was director. There were some, 
you know, responsibilities with it, but sure. it does not make me a better person than anybody else in the room uh, whatsoever. It just means if things go right, I get to praise my team who pulled it off. If things go oh, wrong, I get to talk to my leader about why it went wrong. <laughs> like That's yeah. what director means. Welcome to leadership. <laughs> yes. That's leadership 101. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now if people want to reach out to you and they're like, I, I want to hire Larry for something. Uh, I know I just told them earlier, uh, meetlarryroberts.com. Uh, but who should be reaching out to you? And um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, who should yeah, be reaching I mean, out to Anybody's you? welcome to reach out to me. Meetlarryroberts.com is my calendar link. So if you want to set some time aside, you can have a 30-minute call with me. We can sit down, have a little discovery session, see if what you're doing is taking you the direction that you want to go. And maybe I could add some value there in suggesting maybe some tweaks or changes along the way. And maybe, who knows, maybe we can end up working together long-term. I think that would be amazing. So meetlarryroberts.com is my uh, calendar calendar link. Again, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, the Larry Roberts uh, on Instagram. And also you can go to the Larry Roberts.com. That'll take you to my website as well. So all things Larry Roberts. Nice. Nice. You got there first. There's a Jerry Dugan out there who beat me to all things JerryDugan.com. Well, so. I didn't get there first. That's why it's the LarryRoberts.com because somebody else has LarryRoberts.com and oh. they want way too much money for oh, it. Oh my gosh. I, I do have the real JerryDugan.com. I need to make sure I still pay for that. All right. <laughs> I, I, I got to go. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, any final words of wisdom before we go, Larry? That's pretty much it, man. Other than, you know, I, I was on a podcast even earlier today and I said the same thing. I stepped out of the rut when I was 48 years old. It's never too late to do it. Uh, I was at Success North Dallas last uh, two weeks ago and the presenter there was talking about uh, they call it a second life career. And uh, maybe that's a common term, but it was the first time I'd ever heard it. And I loved it. So I, I love the concept of second life success. And it doesn't matter how old you are. If you've got a passion, reevaluate what you're doing. Make sure what you're doing is doing what you wanted to do and in the way you want to do it. And if not, jump out there and make that change and get beyond the rut. Awesome. Larry, it was great to have you on here officially on the show. And I look forward to bumping into you again and again and again. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, Jerry. So you heard Larry share from his own experience at the age of 48, realizing that even though he was good at his corporate job, it was time to make a change, and he's been building a business and a lifestyle ever since. It is never too late to follow your passion as long as you're breathing. That's what we're here about. You know, if there is a dream or a passion that you want to pursue and you're not quite there right now, now's the time to start thinking about where is it you want your life to go? What do you want your life to look like? What's that first step to take and what do you need to stop doing so you can free up the time to go make your thing happen? Now, you can get more information about Larry, about Beyond the Rut, about my new business, BTR Impact at beyondtherut.com slash 332. That's the show notes for this episode. Uh, there you'll find links to Larry's stuff, my stuff and more. Now, the best way you can pay me back is to pay me forward. So hit the share button on however you're listening to this right now and share it on your social media. Maybe include a little picture of yourself where you are right now as you are listening to this show. Uh, now, unless you were in the bathroom, then that's kind of gross. Don't do that. But let's say you're at the office, you're at home, uh, you're in the car, but maybe at a stoplight, take a, take a selfie, share this episode right away on your social media and tag me so then I can also kind of get in on the conversation and thank you for tagging me. Uh, so that's all I've got for this week. I'm glad you joined me this week. 
I look forward to joining you again next week. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.